Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Welcome into Outkick the Show. I am your fearless leader, Clay Travis. I appreciate all of you hanging out with me as we roll into what should be a pretty incredible weekend of football. Three games on Saturday, three games on Sunday, and on top of that, we have got Alabama-Ohio State on Monday night. The gambling picks have been on a roll. We are 61-38 and on the OutKick 6-pack in the NFL and I hope to continue that. I'm about to give you all six of my NFL gambling picks going forward but first, bet $5 right now. $5 and you get back $125. That is a 25-to-1 payout. $5 pays back $125. All you have to do Go to FanDuel.com slash Clay and if you're watching in Michigan and Virginia any day now sports gambling should be legal in your state you should be signing up. Iowa how about the fact that you right now can sign up online without having to go in person and Tennessee, Pennsylvania, New Jersey, Iowa, Indiana, Illinois, West Virginia, Colorado, Michigan, Virginia FanDuel.com slash Clay $5 to win $125 get signed up today. All right. Right off the top I'm going to give you my gambling picks. All right. Uh, In order in which the games are going to be played. Indianapolis at Buffalo I'm on the over. I love this Buffalo offense and what they have accomplished down the stretch run of the season with Josh Allen. I also don't believe in the Indianapolis defense. They have tended to get exposed against good offensive opponents. 51 feels low to me. Buffalo is going to be on fire with the excitement of their first home playoff game since 1995. My pick, the over 51 in the early game kicking off at 1 Eastern tomorrow. Remember, triple header on Saturday could catch some of you by uh, by surprise. Rams at Seattle third matchup of the season. Will Jared Goff go or will he not? Appears he will go. I bet the Rams plus four earlier in the week that number has ticked back down but I like the under 42 and a half more than I like either side. Rams at the Seahawks the under 42 and a half. The Bucs are going up against the Washington football team. I think Tom Brady and his side even if they don't have Mike Evans have the ability to score a lot more than the Washington football team does. I'm not sold on the true health of Alex Smith. It's already been a successful season for the Washington football team uh, and I don't think they can score very many points. I know Chase Young asked for Tom Brady be careful what you're asking for. I've got the Bucks minus seven and a half. By the way these were the numbers that I gave out this morning on the radio show so I'm giving out the same numbers even though they may have moved positive or negative uh, since I gave these out this morning as well. Uh, On Sunday, I'm going to the Ravens and the Titans game. Can't wait to see what's going to happen in that one. I like the over. The over 54. I don't feel good about the Titans defense being able to stop anybody. I don't think really very many teams are going to be able to stop the Titans offense either. I like the over 54 in this one. 
Bears-Saints, I like the over 47.5. The Bears' offense has started to show up with Mitch Trubisky all of a sudden late in the season. Saints with Michael Thomas back. I think there'll be a lot of plays to be made there. 10 feels steep uh, to me which is what the line is right now but I like the over 47.5. And And then Brown-Steelers, I like the Steelers minus 5.5. I think if you look at Kevin Stefanski not being there we got a little bit of a preview of that impact with Clemson not having Tony Elliott. Early on the offense can look good. They're not going to adjust as well. They're not going to be as dynamic without their head coach and many coaches there. I like the Steelers minus five and a half to spoil the Browns' return to the playoffs for the first time since 2002. So that is the OutKick six-pack as I mentioned above 61 and 38 on the year right at 62% winners. Uh, That is a pretty incredible accomplishment that we have managed to bring to bear so far this season. Go pick any of these teams if you want my winners because you can bet $5 and win $125. I think the Bills are going to win. I think the Seahawks are going to win. I like the Bucks. I actually like the Titans even though they're the underdog. Uh, The Saints to win and the Steelers to win. If you wanted to take the best odds on your $5 to win $125 you should take the Saints because they're a 10-point favorite. That's an incredible bargain that you're getting. $5 to win $125 at fanduel.com slash clay. That's fanduel.com slash clay. All right. Bama and Ohio State is officially a go. The Crimson Tide flying today. Ohio State will fly to Miami tomorrow. The teams will play on Monday. They've gotten their final COVID checkups. They've gotten their final test. They are ready to roll. The absolute latest on this game I am literally checking the line as I am speaking to you right now to see whether there's been any interesting movement now that the game is actually officially a go and you don't have to worry about it being bumped to another week and Alabama at least on FanDuel is now out to an 8.5 point favorite minus 300 to win this game. That is a big favorite for the Crimson Tide as we head into Saturday. Over under by the way in this one 74.5 I'll give you my pick uh, on Monday when we come on the radio show and then we come on this show and Fox Bet Live and everywhere else I will be giving you my pick there. Couple of injury issues worth paying attention to. What's going to go on with Jalen Waddell at wide receiver for Alabama? Is he actually going to play? He had almost 600 yards receiving four touchdowns in the first four games before he was injured playing against Tennessee and before Devontae Smith took over and became the Heisman Trophy winner. Uh, And for Ohio State how significant is the injury to Justin Fields? Will he be able to play at a high level or not? That is certainly a story that is the most paramount in the game. Number continues to creep out in Alabama's favorite. Again, they're now out to 8.5 on FanDuel. You can get your bets in there too at fanduel.com slash clay. Uh, Okay, I I talked about this some a little bit this morning on the radio program but I like to look at the playoff matchups and think about the storylines that are potentially going to follow whatever happens in these games. And in particular, In the NFL, I like to think about who will our story change about the most? And if you analyze that, that's the team and or the player that has the most at stake. And I think there's a team on Saturday with the most at stake and I think there's a team on Sunday with the most at stake. All right, On Saturday, here are your matchups. Colts, Bills, Rams, Seahawks, Bucks, Washington. Let's break down some of these games. I'll go in reverse order. Tom Brady's legacy is really not going to change very much based on what happens against the Washington football team. 
He's already got the Bucs into the playoffs for the first time in 12 years. He now has the ability to go out and win a wild card game which would be nice but it's not like you're going to say oh my goodness can you believe Tom Brady won a wild card game? For Washington getting to the playoffs is a credible success. Alex Smith one of the greatest comeback seasons of all time. You've got uh, the ability of Ron Rivera while getting chemo treatment to take his team and win the division. So Washington's already proven a decent amount. I don't see either team with a ton at stake there. The Rams and the Seahawks Russell Wilson's already been to two Super Bowls Pete Carroll's already won one alongside of Russell Wilson. The Rams were just in the Super Bowl two years ago. We know Sean McVay is a really good coach. Jared Goff is injured so this isn't ultimately a referendum on him although it hasn't been a great season for him. The game with the most at stake and the team with the most at stake is Buffalo Bills. They haven't played a home playoff game since 1995. They haven't won a home playoff game since then. The Colts, Phillip Rivers I think you would have had to be confident happy with Frank Reich if they had gotten to 11-5 but if Josh Allen loses this game then a lot of people are going to take a step back and say wait a minute can Josh Allen win in the postseason? I think the Bills have the most at stake on Saturday. What about Sunday? Uh, I'll go in reverse order. Browns are in the playoffs for the first time in 18 years. They are already winners. If you had told Browns fans you're going to go 11-5 and you're going to be in the playoffs they would have signed up for that in a heartbeat. You'd love to win a playoff game but Baker Mayfield getting to the Browns to the playoffs in year three is a big win. Steelers under Mike Tomlin and Ben Roethlisberger have won a ton of games over the years. Yes, they'd like to win this football game advance to the divisional round but they've been there a lot over the years. There's not necessarily much at stake here. Bears aren't a good football team. They're a little bit like the Washington football team. They're fortunate to be in the playoffs. I don't think they have a lot at stake. The Saints, if this were Drew Brees' final season Sean Payton and Drew Brees and their final partnership together could be an interesting story worth paying attention to. They're out to double-digit favorites. They've lost three straight games on the final play of the season in the postseason but I'm not really that convinced that the Saints have as much at stake as the Baltimore Ravens. This is the game I'm going to. Lamar Jackson has lost two straight playoff games as the favorite in both games. Now the Ravens are coming to town against the Titans. Lamar Jackson's team has a third straight opportunity to win a first round playoff game and so far they haven't been able to do it. Now the Titans you might think they had a lot at stake but I think Titan fans and I'm one of them don't feel awful, right? The defense is not very good. We know this team is fundamentally flawed. Would like to win a playoff game and continue to advance but it doesn't feel like this is a Super Bowl caliber team at least so far. And last year the Titans went to the AFC Championship game. They spent a lot of money on Vic Beasley and Jadavion Clowney. That money was wasted. Neither of those guys got any sacks. Titans still won their first division since 2008. First home playoff game in 12 years. If they lose to the Ravens people will still be fairly comfortable with Ryan Tannehill, A.J. Brown, uh, John U. Smith and of course Derrick Henry coming back next season and just say we got to fix the defense in the offseason. If the Ravens lose everybody's going to start to lean on Lamar Jackson in a big way and say he might be good during the regular season but is he a bit akin to Peyton Manning early in his career when everybody went after Peyton Manning when he couldn't win in the postseason and that followed him for his entire career? Or can the Ravens win a playoff game and finally start their run? If they win there's a good chance they'd go on the road the next week against the Kansas City Chiefs. This to me is why 
Lamar Jackson and Josh Allen have the most at stake, the Bills and the Ravens respectively. But I believe Lamar Jackson, of every player in the wild card round of the playoffs, he has the absolute most at stake. And I told you that I will actually be there to watch the 20, uh, to watch the Titans play, the 2020 Titans, first playoff game in 12 years. I'll have my kids there as well. And today is the 21st anniversary of the first postseason NFL game I ever attended. And it ended up being one of the all-time classics. The Bills against the Titans in the wild card round back in 1999. I was 20 years old. I was sitting alongside of my dad in the two uh, season tickets that he has in the north end zone. Still have the same tickets by the way. Now I have two next to my dad as well. Normal man seats right in the north end zone and Kevin Dyson was running right towards us on that play. I still remember it very very vividly in particular the long wait and the lack of replays that we had to see whether or not it was going to be ruled a touchdown. I remember the bedlam in the stadium. I remember the long silent wait. I remember the anticipation as the referee walked out to announce what they had been able to see on the replay and I still maintain thanks to the PhD student work and everybody else who has analyzed it it was in fact a lateral props to Frank Wycheck, Lorenzo Neal, Kevin Dyson for executing one of the most famous plays in the history of the NFL Jeff Fisher, Steve McNair, Eddie George what's interesting is I've gotten to know Blaine Bishop a lot of the guys that were involved in that game in the years ahead and it continues to be a remarkable sports fan experience that propelled the Titans to a playoff run that sadly ended up one yard short of actually getting us into a Super Bowl championship but still one of the greatest games ever. I know there's probably Bills fans watching right now screaming that it was in fact a forward pass. I checked my mentions when I shared this video on the 21st anniversary and they are still out there arguing about it to this day. I want to tell you right now you see what I'm sitting in right now? This is the X chair. A lot of you are working from home and when you're working from home comfort goes a long way towards determining how productive you can be. This is the most comfortable chair I have ever sat in. Right now you can go check it out yourself at xchair.com slash clay. I work all the time. You ask my wife 15, 16 hour days day after day after day with all the different business opportunities obligations and content that I'm producing on a day-to-day basis. The chair that I'm sitting in matters tremendously. I want to be as productive as possible. I want the best possible chair, best support so that I can work as hard and for as many hours as I need to without worrying. I'm getting to be an old man. I'm 41 now. Without worrying about my back tightening up has lumbar support has the ability to set a massage chair. Do you remember back in the day in the Sharper Image when you and your friends used to go in the Sharper Image and sit back in the chairs there and enjoy them? Heat, hydrotherapy, everything you could possibly want. xchair.com slash clay. Go check them out today for you, your wife, your son, your daughter, whoever it may be if they're working at home and they've been complaining about the old crappy chairs that they used and maybe it worked fine when you were only working at home a few hours but you start to work 8, 10, 12 hours at home where and how you're sitting matters a great deal xchair.com slash clay get hooked up with them now. All right, couple of final thoughts. It's been a tumultuous week. Encourage you to go read my mailbag. You'll dive into it. I think you'll get smarter. That's the goal every single day. A couple of things that I want to say. We are learning and I hope some of you are coming to recognize 
cancel culture doesn't end. There's this idea that if you acquiesce to the mob that eventually they are going to say okay, you know what? We've solved everything. That doesn't happen. Cancel culture does what cancel culture does because it is the tip of the progressive spear. There always has to be something new to cancel or the people who spend all their time trying to cancel people end up with nothing to do. The mob moves from one target to another. The only way to stand up to them is just to own exactly who you are and exactly what you believe because then there's nothing that they can do to you. That's what I do every day. It's what smart politicians and media figures Democrats, Republicans, Independents need to start doing because no one's in favor of cancel culture. In fact, I think a winning 2022 midterm campaign and a winning potentially presidential campaign could entirely focus on the evils of cancel culture because I think Democrats, Republicans, Independents, all people out there by substantial majorities do not believe that you should be Kevin Hart and not able to host the Oscars because 15 years ago you had a tweet that upset some people. And I think everybody out there lives in fear that either they or their son, their daughter, their granddaughter, their grandson might post something on TikTok or Instagram or YouTube or uh, or Twitter or Facebook or any of these other tech platforms and might end up getting canceled over that being defined by a tiny segment of their life to the point where they're no longer able to work. Cancel culture is wrong. Period. And we are seeing it on steroids right now. People need to stand up to it. They need to stop bending the knee to the mob. They need to stop kissing the ring of the woke idiots out there in hopes that that's going to prevent them from being the targets. Uh, Finally, one of the biggest flaws that is out there and I talked a lot about this I would encourage you to go watch my Wednesday show if you haven't already. It is linked in the OutKick mailbag that I did today. We aren't applying precedence evenly to all people regardless of their background, their identity, their sexual orientation, their race. And that is why many people are no longer trusting institutions. Because if you compare the way, for instance, that people have responded to what happened on Wednesday in terms of violent protests and what happened for months in the summer in terms of violent protests many people out there in the media defend whatever they believe is their side of the aisle and condemn the other side not even acknowledging the rabid hypocrisy that that involves. What I always try to do and this is where people who don't like me get triggered is I apply the same precedents and rules to everyone regardless of politics. And so all summer long I was saying hey, if you're looting, pillaging, tearing down statues you need to be charged with crimes. Those are not protests. Those are violent acts and you deserve to go uh, to face authorities for those crimes. Same thing should happen for people who violated the law on Wednesday. Whether you're Republican, whether you're Democrat, whether you're an Independent the law should apply evenly across the board. And I think much of the tension that's going on right now is predicated on anecdotal stories where people don't apply the same rules across the board. This is also why I am opposed to big tech company censorship. Because if you look at big tech company censorship their rules are going to be virtually impossible to apply evenly. And I'll give you an example. Right now 
Twitter is allowing the Chinese Communist government to post direct propaganda to their website arguing that the concentration camps, the Uyghur uh, Muslim population that they have in concentration camps there are a good thing for the Uyghur population. Okay? Twitter is allowing communist authoritarian dictator propaganda to exist on its website but they are excising many people who are conservative or conservative leaning from their website. The problem is it doesn't end there. Purity contests don't work and you shouldn't be in a position where you are trying to apply First Amendment issues internally which is really what it's doing, right? The First Amendment doesn't directly uh, analogize to private companies but the private company is trying to determine what can and cannot be said on their platforms, okay? As soon as they make that determination and start to allow Chinese propaganda to exist and they don't allow the President of the United States comments to exist that is not content neutral policies. They are not being applied evenly across the board to everyone. It's a challenging process. Figuring out what speech is appropriate and inappropriate is a huge challenge for the United States Supreme Court. It's a huge challenge for our circuit courts for our district courts for lawyers and for the people trying to implement the existing laws of United States jurisprudence as we speak now. It's almost an impossible topic and issue for any tech company going forward. It also raises large issues about their power to determine what information is able to be debated and what information is not able to be debated. I am a First Amendment absolutist. I would make decisions very rarely to knock content out of the pipeline of these big tech companies. I think they are trending and treading on really, really swampy terrain that is going to ultimately end up working to their disadvantage. And I would say this. You have to be careful what you argue for. If you are in the marketplace of ideas and you are arguing that other people shouldn't be able to argue what they believe cancel culture doesn't necessarily end. At some point people may come for you and I care a great deal about this because sometimes arguments that are outside on the fringe of existing society end up moving into the mainstream as the arguments are made more and more clearly, cogently, and coherently. And so if you are in any way involved in ideas involved in creative industries you should abhor censorship with every fiber of your being. It shouldn't be a political issue to you. The challenge that we are dealing with right now is one that has been summed up in courts of law for a long time. Tough cases make bad law. What that means is when you're trying to make a determination you set a precedent that may not make a lot of sense in the years ahead and I think that's what's going on with big tech companies right now. But regardless Outkick will always remain a warrior for the First Amendment. I will always be a First Amendment warrior. I'm not going anywhere. Outkick's not going anywhere. I appreciate all of your support. We are headed for the best January in the history of the company. DBAP, unless you need to SBAP. I am Clay Travis and this has been Outkick the Show.